Hello, everyone, which I might still presenting at this point. So this is yet another episode of Enter the Matrix, and this one might be a little bit scuffed, even more scuffed compared to the previous ones, although we've got an upgrade, but also a downgrade because Nathan now has got a better mic, better butt boy, so that one might work. But at the same time, me, I've got my son here with myself. Hello there. And we're using the same headset, not create an echo, and we use the same mic. So, you know, very much so professional setting for such an episode. But having said that, uh, today we'll be, as we have my son visiting me in, the, in my flat, we'll be talking about the recent Polish team championship, which just happened this weekend. And there, I think it was like one of the very first events that actually used the new slate. Would have thought so, yeah. Yeah, there's there's only been quite a few of them. And this was also a five-man team championship. So, uh, Myson, maybe you want to introduce yourself a little bit. Probably most of the viewers already know you because yeah. the team people know you. But you might want to introduce yourself and what was the event. Yeah, so so, so basi basically, uh, uh, a couple of words of myself in case you don't, don't know me. I'm a WTC Team Poland member uh, and uh, one of the team selectors for, for this year, Team Poland. Um, also, <clears throat> you know, it, it happens just like I played this game a lot, basically. Uh, so, regarding the event itself, it was uh, like the biggest, I think, uh, Polish team championships so far. Yeah, the, we had. 235 players? Yeah, 40, 45. Yeah, 40, 45. 40, 225 players. So yeah, 45 man teams. Uh, that's like amazing. I think it's double the last biggest event in Poland, double the size. So nice. I, I don't know, but yeah, the number of people is amazing. And for, for the Polish standards, it was like something very, very new. And you guys obviously won the event. Uh, before we get into that, um, who you brought, what were your armies, etc. And we deep dive. How was your time since the last episode, Nathan? Anything on your end, 40k-wise? Uh, my end's been good. Um, we're trying to plan our teams currently for a team event at the end of October for Battle of Britain. So if you are UK-located... It's in Nottingham, if anybody wants to go. It's six-man teams, which is quite cool, because it means we get to test a few more armies. Um, I think England's taken a couple of teams. Scotland's taken a team. I think there'll be a mixed team. And then there'll be, like, a, a Welsh team, maybe an Irish team coming over. Uh, I'd imagine there'll be about, I think there's space for 14 teams or six. Um, so not a huge event. WTC. Yeah. So, like, a tiny, tiny bit. Any team event's useful at this point. Uh, so we're just prepping that. I'm plodding along with Tyranids, CK, trying to make them work. Uh, other than that, not too much change. Okay. Uh, I think this will be something that we'll touch upon later because we had a few questions from the viewers already. But I think sixes actually leave a little bit more space already for army choices. Whilst when you guys went for a five months, I think five months are still quite boring. Now that we are getting to get better understanding of the meta now after the slate, which I think is a good caveat before we get into the list, before the ideas of behind the list and the armies, is to know that 
this event had least deadline and the rules cutoff being like two days after the slate dropped. So pretty much everything, every army you will see here was not optimized yet. And probably everyone you would ask what they would change in their list before, after the event, they would probably scrap it because sure. they've learned something that they just didn't have time to test out. But other than that, it was five months. So it was easy to default to what you were already playing. And now that we mentioned that, maybe you have anything else to add, myself, Or should we get straight up to your team comp? Maybe let's go to the team comp. And now it will be your part to explain, first of all, <laughs> What's the name? <laughs> okay, so it's uh, the name is like Shoshchevorshvita, as clearly written there, and as clearly you can probably read out loudly and try by try it by yourself. So the first thing that was a uh, it's just a, a meme and from from movie and it's like a small town town name from a comedy movie, but it's really hard to to, to like pronounce. Uh, so it was like like a, uh, I invented this as a qualifier for a team. So if somebody wanted to join us, he needed at least to try, <laughs> at least try to <laughs> say it. <laughs> I must admit that that uh, both, both our uh, guests from Germany tried, uh, but Liam was still like the, the best from all three. Yeah, it's. So yeah, you mentioned both of your guests from Germany and Liam. So this is not a fully Polish team. You and Duda, you took Mercs essentially to conquer Poland because as you know, Poland needs Germans to be conquered because well, that's how quickly. <laughs> uh, so what, what's the deal behind that? How, how it came to be? Uh, so, so basically I, I wanted to assemble uh, an international team for, for Polish team champs. The main reason for that was just to promote our events uh, abroad. So just to, to, to show show how that we are actually doing really good, really uh, great events here. Also, uh, Arne and Liam, I already knew them and they are really good players. I, I really love to play with them and we and talk with, with them about 40k. So just like they were like the, one of the first picks to invite. Uh, it happened that, that we missed uh, fit, uh, so Arne pr um, proposed that he, he's got a friend, Valentin, uh, who can join us, and also from Germany, uh, basically that's how the team assembled. And we do that, we already discussed this, uh, like just after WTC, that we are going to like conquer Polish team champs, uh, just get some kind of a hat trick this year. Okay. Yeah, I think Duda never won WTC, and then he never won Polish Team Championship. Yeah. And only thing missing is within this year to win Polish National League as well. So he's got his work cut out for him. So yeah, so we, we are just there for for Duda, I think. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the team was like uh, we composed team from from WTC team members. Uh, we expected that there will be a, a couple, couple of teams from, from, from Team Poland. 
uh, team members, so, so there will be some kind of competition. Uh, yeah, then after we agreed what to bring, what, what like team members, uh, then we just started to discuss uh, our team composition. As you can clearly see that that uh, do, do that me just would just stick to, to, to armies that we uh, we played at WTC with the armies were ready. Uh, so I was playing uh, GSC, but I was playing Elders. Um, both of these factions were nerfed in data slate, but I, I think I still think that they are like, viable choices. And then we just. Uh, Ask our colleagues colleagues what they would like to play, and uh, yeah. So Necrot was like one of the factions buffed actually in, in um, data slates. So the Valentin, weirdly enough, <laughs> weirdly enough, uh, Valentin decided to, to go with Necrons, and he, because he played also Necrons at WTC, so uh, another war player sticking to his army, uh, Arnett change his army because thousands of sounds uh, yeah we could just got like overlap with Liam and Arne playing thousand sounds uh, on WTC but thousand sounds got nerfed in data slate pretty bad and we just wanted to try something else so we already knew that Dark Angels is still like Redeemer uh, <clears throat> and definitely Knights and Aggressors uh, this is a combo that basically is really really good which occurred to us for um, on WTC with Polish list, so it was an easy pick. And then our CSM, uh, Liam's playtesting CSM right now, and this is uh, his idea to take this list. To, yeah, to it's that. like a completely different take on CSM. Yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So shall we go list by list? Do you have anything to ask, Nathan, at this point? Anything that sticks out before we get to armies? Or maybe no, I guess if we were looking at. Sorry, no, no, go on. So, like for the for the five man teams, yeah, you would you would automatically assume after the data slate, Aldari, Necrons, Dark Angels. Granted, Dark Angels might change in a couple of weeks with the new codex, but you would see that they are front runners for a five man team. Um, I guess, Myson, you've stuck with GSC, like. How do you feel GSC are now, especially in teams? Do they still have a place? Or do you feel like they have the nerfs are still playable? So basically after after playing this five games tournament game, I like the list didn't change a lot. Uh, yeah. like from, from a composition of the list, I needed just to introduce some some other like means to, to get bumps working. But uh, on the other hand, uh, the nerfs and rule set nerfs uh, made this army less like less stable on the uh, on the game plan. Because now you have when you have to roll like for resurrections, uh, I calculated that uh, after the games, and it costs me like two to three like uh, point uh, levels from, from point threshold. Okay. Uh, so it, mm, this lack of stability and, or less stability just cost me like 10 to 20, maybe 10 to 20 points per game. Uh, game points, like okay, victory, yeah, victory points. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, so you would say over an event it would cost you roughly 20, like 10, 
10 to 15 actual points off, say, yeah. a 100 point score. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but on the other hand, this is still a really, really good army because the output, output of Acolytes and Neophytes is just amazing. Just amazing. Sure. Uh, bombs can play like really aggressively. Uh, but on the other hand, the most impactful nerf was to block double fringe deep strike. Yes, this is like the the, the most impactful uh, nerf for um, uh, for this army because right now it's really hard to like uh, deliver bombs uh, to the table uh, without rapid ingressing. That's why I decided to introduce a truck in, in the list, and when. Yeah, it's uh, it's a special tech just to have an opportunity to double bomb uh, turn two, turn three, because um, you can always deep strike near the track, jump in and do some stuff. Um, and track, of course, lacks like uh, the exploding sixes, and, and but on the other hand, we got the reroll wounds. Um, we can put Primus uh, in this squad; it it, it works okay. And also yeah. WTC maps got some quite nice staging uh, on the table, so tracks can actually have some mm, place to, to hide in the middle of the table. And yeah. also it saves acolytes from like no line of sight shooting. We can push uh, with close combat somewhere uh, from, 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 from the track. It's kind of a good, good tech, but still I think uh, track is overcosted, like from 20 points. Maybe 10, sure. 20. Yeah. Because we pay like uh, 110. 110 for for basically rare tunes um, on one squad. We could possibly use, uh, we can't buy another squad localized for that, but it's still like something similar, I guess. But on the other hand, it's the only mean to have like double bombs on the table in the same turn. And would you would you likely see GSC taking unlikely to take say the um, what are they called the aberrants aberrants you mean uh, yeah. I, uh, aberrants got nerfed also so I yeah I was already, I, I wasn't a fan of uh, aberrants before uh, as you can probably see on my WTC list sure yeah I dropped yeah. I dropped aberrants because they they were already not stable enough. Because you always need to roll like from from four up. Now we roll on five up uh, to to get them back. And they with biologicus, it's like twenty five percent of the entire list. Sure. Uh, yeah, so those are really, really they they are like manageable. If if you know what to do against them, like reduce them to just like five models, they will never be. Uh, like, like a huge threat in combat. They will, will never like grab objectives because of like smallest OC, and they will need to roll battle track of a turn, even to, even to just have OC. Sure, that I makes mean, sense. I don't like Abrams. Maybe not not in the current points points. Not in in the current meta game. Uh, what I missed in the list is like for uh, neophyte squad. Uh, I still think that the optimal list would be without track, uh, just relying on rapid ingressing. And because even having track, I uh, often lost like low one bomb squad 
put, put some random shooting or random Overwatch on, on top. Uh, I would yeah, much because prefer... the bombs are assault, right? So you can still wrap your ingress and then yeah, yeah. move and run. Yeah. Yes, yeah. 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 Uh, track got got to play, but uh, the I think optimal way would mm, to do the list would be to have uh, four times twenty you know, fights for WDC tables. No fights just so really important, and I missed it. Really missed this additional twenty squad squad for on the table. Makes sense. Yeah, but the army still work. Do you think that you guys obviously won? But do you think the army worked to some extent because people didn't know exactly how to play against it? Because now it feels like an army that relies very heavily on the damage it does when it arrives on the board. And you have not that much of a backup plan, right? So is it more volatile in the pairings as well? I don't think so because okay. it, it it already worked like that before. It, okay. Because you you relied on the damage output, so the game plan basically didn't change. The only thing that changed is that you will lose your units sometime. Okay. And you have like like smaller stability in in, in terms of intrigues, in terms of like double double use of stratagems. But uh, the basic game plan uh, and basic plays didn't change at all. Yeah, and uh, because ironically, it, I think the Eldari matchup got better. <laughs> yeah, because of like <laughs> devastating. Ever devastating wounds were a problem. Now they are not. Sure. Uh, yeah, and I will also say what, what the basic like play for for GC list is to just bounce uh, nail fights blob every turn. Uh, so to 220 men squads just go when are going to deep, back to deep strike uh, at the end of the opponent turn, arriving back on the table, shooting, repeat next turn, and do, do like do damage with them. This is the basic plan, and it didn't change uh, at all since WDC. And also remember that majority of armies got nerfed, so. Uh, the defenses that got nerfed, like Castellis. Uh, so actually, okay, maybe our damage output was reduced, but on the other hand, uh, the other like, defensive okay. capabilities uh, were also reduced. Okay, yes. so we've got your list. I think it, there was also an argument that you knew how to play it. Yeah, so you chose my one. my biggest concern was like like uh, just before uh, data slide I uh, I was on my business trip and then I knew that I'm leaving for the next like three days, so I basically didn't have any time to paint at, at any other models, <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, my other armies were like are, are not prepared for tenth edition yet, so, so I just decided to go with GSE. Yeah, it's still a good army. I'm not. I don't think that they fit in top five, uh, like picks for, uh, for like five man team. But for eight eight man team, I think for sure uh, they will find a place. So I guess they've kind of moved from a top four army to a bottom four. If you're picking for an eight man team, it's kind of you one yeah. of your later choices rather than one of your first choices. Yeah. Like, I've, yeah. Uh, just a pure, uh, a pure regards to, to their uh, stability because there will be there will be gains, 
that for example you don't roll any of your resurrections uh, for the like first kill squads first uh, like three kill squads and then suddenly your army will just don't work and uh, you are losing stuff on board and get pushed off the table right okay so now moving forward you you guys had gsc do that one with his Eldari that he was very familiar with. And with Eldari, what's the deal with this list? Because this is surely a slightly different take to Eldar. Obviously, it's somewhat similar to do what Duda was playing before. And for those listening, there is an Altarch with a Phoenix Gem, one uh, Farseer on Foot, one Fugan, Spirit Seer, Incarn, two Night Spinners, five Hogs, five Spiders, five Rave Blades, 10 Rave Guard with Rave Cannons and one Rave Lord. So, and this is also another interesting thing. Duda scored 100 out of 100 points with that list, including 20 owing one Mirror. So, what's the deal with this list? Did you have more chance to talk to Duda? Because it's it looks weird, right, Nathan? Do you like agree with me that it like the Rave Blades and Rave Lord just looks odd compared to what we've seen before. Yeah, so the basis of the list is there. You've got Double Knight Spinner, Young Khan. You've got Wraith Guard block. Uh, I guess that'll be hit and miss whether people still take it or not. Uh, just because D obviously devastating is not as powerful. But yeah, the Wraith Lord, very interesting. Wraith Blades with no Spirit Seer. Again, it's kind of interesting. I guess you can pick which unit they go in. Um, but yeah, the basis is there but yeah, this, the last little few tech point pieces where I'm just like, okay, that's an interesting choice, I don't know quite why he's taking a Wraith Lord, but maybe he's just trolling on people <laughs> No, it was not trolling uh, I, I I mean I didn't discuss this uh, uh, in detail so did I? I trust. I just. Uh, I tend to trust him on on, on, on Eldari, so uh, he picked what what he w wanted to play. Uh, basically, Duda likes uh, uh, units that can survive something on on the marker. That's why there are like Bright Blades uh, and Bright Lord on the table as well. Um, that the opponent just need to commit something more than like like a, a small squad of something to to kill like five hogs, five spiders, uh, and stuff. Like, so basically, this is a peak of being to take something uh, more durable on the on the table. Yeah, which is smart because I think that's that's maybe what Eldar players are having to consider now that you've lost, say, the list that was sweeping the UK where you had both avatars and two wraith knights. Your primary is fantastic because you just basically phantasm onto any objective you want to and you've got loads, tons of AC and you can't kill anything. Whereas now, I guess, yeah, that's actually quite smart. He's taking Wraith Blades, Wraith Lord. You can stick them on the objective and they might actually still be there after that turn rather than putting like a Viper or a um, Warwalker or something that's just going to die too easily. So I can definitely see the point. Exactly. That was like... Uh, of course, we don't know this, if this is the optimal approach because all none of the lists are really optimal. But uh, he scored 10, uh, 100 out of hundred, so it yeah, worked. It's hard to argue with the performance. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, but I think after the tournament, when there was some conversation on Polish Discord, I think he mentioned that he would drop the Rave Lord. Like the Rave Lord was underwhelming, and he was thinking for about going for another five-man squad of Rave Blades because he really liked them as a push unit that could actually kill something behind the wall, and that you didn't need to force Incarnate Night Spinners to deal with that. You could just send that unit, kill something behind the wall, and then if need be, Phantasm away and still have a Rave Blade unit, which is still quite tanky to deal with. There are still three wounds each, two up, say, four up interval. They will not die to some non-infant, like infantry, anti-infantry, I can't speak English right now. But like they will only die to heavier weaponry, uh, same in melee. So I can see why. Like you have sure. unit that can push, that can threaten. You can send them to the mid objective and force someone to overextend to deal with them. And you do not need to do it with the bigger regular squad. So I quite like it. Uh, yeah, especially on WCC terrain as well. Yeah. Yeah. And regarding WTC terrain, which you guys dropped like very specific boards, or you were playing boards one to five from the map pack? No, just like one, four, five, six, and eight. Okay, so without two and three. Oh, or maybe one, three, oh, five, okay. whatever. But they we dropped like three, three tables, uh, and basically those dupli duplicated. Ah, oh, yeah. Okay, so you dropped duplicate, duplicates. Fair. Uh, then moving forward, we have something that's. Very familiar to everyone who was following WTC before. So basically, Liam Hackett's list, which has Catacomb Common Bard, Chronomancer, two hex marks, Sheras, Lord on foot, Orican, one Royal Warden, Transcendent Ktan with the Weave for Funeral Pain, two times 20 Warriors. One of them had the singular flyer for the longer range, rest weepers, one Ghost Arc. One reanimator, three scarabs, one cannot expire, and two times two frauds. Uh, anything to comment about the army? Yeah, so okay. he's dropped Nightbringer, hasn't he? Yes. Yes. Right. Okay, that's or the difference. Text marks and the spider, I think. I don't think Liam uh, yeah. had a spider. Okay. Sorry, Anything specific about this army? I think this is a boogeyman that everyone was mentioning. As an army that will be very prominent in the current meta, as some form of form of stat check that you can either deal with it or not, and if you cannot deal with it, you're in for a very bad time because you will never score primary against it. And how did it work? Did you guys have many conversations about the army choice and how the list was built? Yeah, so the list, the list was like. We didn't discuss this as well. <laughs> he just took the best of what, what he thought it, uh, it is from Necrons. Uh, we knew how the army play. Uh, I mean, this is like army to, who can uh, if someone can kill twenty warriors, it will lose, uh, and if someone cannot kill twenty warriors, it will win. Basically, uh, just taking it very very sim simplified manner. Uh, what can I do here? In the pairings, it's like actually good having Necrons uh, in the Matrix because you can easily counter Eldari right now with Necrons and GSC. Uh, so we did, we had two responses for for every like Eldari list, 
which means that none of the opponent can just use Eldarius, for example. Which in five months is very powerful, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah. Because you can defend with Dark Angels and CSM then, or your own Eldari, and therefore make sure that their Eldari can only play, say, GSC or Nightwings if you really want to force it. Yeah, and basically that was our, our like uh, approach for that. We defended with Dark Angels, CSM, one time with Necrons, because there was some like strange situation in the Matrix. I don't remember what when, but... Uh, Basically, we kept GSC and Necrons uh, just to counter Els uh, on the other side. And it was really... Like, I'm really happy with uh, picking Necrons for, for the team. I think it's like one, one of the top armies right now. Yeah, unless opponent brings another team build to deal with Necrons. So, say, Dark Angels, GSC, TSM uh, build around big Terminator blob, Tau. I don't think you need like big terminator blob for CSM to deal with that. Yeah, maybe like ten chosen something yeah, like ten, that. Ten 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 for example. Yeah, but what I mean is like I think in five months you can sometimes end up with opposing team just choosing armies, not necessarily looking by the matrices, just choosing armies what the players have, that Necrons will work well or they will be absolutely awful in the in the pairings, as you mentioned, that they are very binary in how they have their matchups written down for them. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's completely binary because usually like there's a very few texts that actually can kill warriors. Uh, like GSC can risk that, but when I'm playing versus Necrons, I'm just looking at the, our tables because there are like two ways to play it uh, with GSC. One is like move blocking and just uh, waiting for them to, 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 to arrive, but move blocking and scoring uh, secondary points um, and some primary points, then it ends up like around the draw, or you can just try and drop your bomb or, bomb or nail bomb, no fights with full buffs uh, against one warrior block and to see if you can kill it uh, in one go. Now, if you do, then the game is open. If not, then basically you lose. There are a couple of plays here, and all depends, of course, on the on the situation of the team. Do you need to risk or not? Okay, then I think Necrons. This list will be something that we will see nearly everywhere with Necron lists. I think this will be very popular nowadays. I think after some time, people will shift a little bit. We'll try out different stuff, but for a foreseeable month. I'm looking whether people taking Necrons to LGD will bring some something new, but for now I think this will be the go-to for moving forward. Then we have Arne bringing Dark Angels. And I think he was like the person that was the last to choose the army. You guys were uh, not sure about the list? Uh, we were sure to, to take Dark Angels uh, from, from like when the data plate uh, dropped. But uh, the problem was that, that he didn't own any of the models, so we needed to, to arrange that somehow. Uh, yeah. So that's the story behind it. And how did the army... This is a very cookie-cutter list also. For those listening, it's Apothecary Biologist, Azrael, Captain in Terminator armor with the upgrade for... Uh, I don't remember what was it, anyway. Uh, Librarian in Phobos Armor, 6 Boltstorm Aggressors, 1 Attack Bike, 10 Deathwing Knights, 
and Hellblasters, sometimes three Inceptors, Redeemer, five Infiltrators, and five Snipers. So this is a slight change on the Polish list from WTC, basically adding Hellblasters for a cost of Scouts and Thunderfire Cannon, including all the point discounts after the yeah. slide. How did it be for uh, Actually, I was really happy with this result as well because uh, Hellbusters will occur to be like nice addition, especially uh, uh, in mirror matchup. So Arne played against uh, Skark and just uh, Skark deployed the list with uh, two times Redeemer and uh, Hellbusters basically could control the game but by uh, not allowing Redeemer to just show to them and uh, actually they managed even to kill one in, in just one go. So it adds some long-range shooting that uh, with ult can, can really do damage to, to the big target. Okay, and how did you guys use it in the pairings? Mostly like an early defender? It was like an early defender. Um, provided the opponent doesn't, doesn't have like I cast those snake runs or something like that. We just uh, in five v five, it's like uh, and that many teams that were and different, very different team comps. We couldn't just have like one plan to to, to go with every pairing, so we didn't have like a single defender uh, specified. We adapted that, but it ended up like Dark Angels were one of the optimal choices. I just follow the approach to, to have like two answers for everything uh, after the first first defender. Uh, so I'm looking for something that basically cannot have a little use uh, in the pairing process and pick that uh, in, as a defender. Uh, the other way around with 5v5 would be to, to put a, like a hitter army as first, first defender. To, to seek for or like and take another hitter army for the second defender and to, to find out to seek for like very good pairings for them, but it depends also on the tables if the opponent got these two counters or not. Or not. Uh, yeah, because yeah, for HV8, uh, I think it's re really easy to like have in ready two counters for every top like X uh, of counters answers in 5v5. There's always something missing. Okay. Anything on your end, Nathan? Any questions, or shall we move on? We can move on. Yeah, I think the Dark Angels is again. We'll have to see what they're like in a couple of weeks. But yeah, like I think I messaged you the day it came out, and like, oh, Liam and your Polish Dark Angels list both skyrocketed in the meta. So yeah, I think everybody saw it straight yeah. away. Yeah. And it's a yeah. fun, good army. It rewards player skill. It doesn't just blow everything away, but it plays everything pretty well. So, yeah, I like these kind of armies. It's high skill cap, not many units. I, yeah. I really like it as well. And then we have the last list, which I think was the most new out of all. Mm. That's DM VSL taking completely new spin on Chaos Space Marines, which is quite different to what we could see at WTC to some extent. Although a little bit closer to what Alexander Sack was playing in Team Belgium, which is three undivided Chaos Lords, ten Nergul Cultists, Nergul Rhino, three times five undivided Chosen, 
two undivided forge fiends, one Nurgle forge fiend, two indiv undivided oblates, two Nurgle oblates, so total of only four obliterators in squads of two, three times five slanish warp talents, two times three Nurglings, and blue scribes. So the army is like, how can I fit as many units that cost 100 points in the list? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. So, yeah, this army is really nice. I, I really love this army. I'm just thinking of I'm just assembling this for, for, for myself and play that. Uh, because it's like one of the armies that can, can actually do some like fight phase and not focus on shooting. Uh, like warp talents chosen are, are like really nice units that can uh, trade up. Yeah, trade up efficiently, especially with chaos rules. Uh, there is a, a way to do uh, to charge after advance. That's really for slanish. For slanish, it's really really uh, good. And also four pins are like really good fire support. Uh, with all this Nurgle stuff, uh, hidden Nurgle things uh, around the list. Uh, it, it helps uh, to uh, like secure, for example, one flank with Nurgle Throat um, to, to being for being like undergettable. Uh, and uh, also our obliterators, uh, Liam decided to like split one four into two twos. So they have actually uh, more uses. Uh, I don't like obliterators, uh, spam of obliterators, to, to be honest, because they tend, for me, they tend to be like one use. Because when they actually arrive on the table, then like they, they move four inches. Uh, so on WTC maps, obliterators are really like bad after this one round of shooting. And this one round of shooting is usually like, can go wrong. And I think Liam, I remember reading a conversation somewhere that Liam's logic behind having two-man oblit squads was that four-man squads either overkill something anyway by a quite significant margin or still underkill their target. So this way you are forcing yourself to play more of a break list and focus on having that huge hit which you might still not work into given target what you will be playing against. Say like Land Raider, they pop AOC, suddenly those undivided objects do not necessarily kill it, even if there's four of them. So was it worth to have all those resources in one basket? So I think that's the idea. And uh, this is also interesting that Liam VSL list won all of his games 20-0, he won, he got 100 out of 100, including like tabling Eldar and stuff like that. So I think this is, this was also a big conversation that I saw somewhere online that the MSUK Space Marine list actually is now quite good into Eldar. It's I just, it. sorry. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It's, it's a really good list against uh, Eldars. Because they can basically kill any elder stuff, and they can just rush in with uh, everything, and it's not possible for elders to kill efficiently all of the targets. But uh, on the other hand, uh, I think the major thing is here 
that uh, uh, this list is kind of new, so elder players just didn't know how to play it. And uh, two times, it, I think it two times occurred, uh, this pairing in the matchups. Uh, elder players just killed themselves by this army by just exposing too, too far away or put, pushing too far away, not playing safely, not like respecting what CSM can actually do. Not knowing the damage. <laughs> the damage output is uh, really, really good. The mobility is perfect. Uh, we got excellent fire support. And when, for example, going first, this army can really, really push uh, to the front and I think it's one of the best all-rounders uh, right now. I think it connects nicely with a question from Air, who asks whether the CSM MSU list need any protection pairings, or can he be like all-rounder? And you mentioned that that army can be all-rounder. So your estimation table for that army was like genuinely green all over the board or did it have few like worse matchups one 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 bit matchup maybe or two bit matchups i just need to remember <laughs> my my tables uh... but like in five minutes maybe like maybe into some gsc maybe yeah G gsc i think still i still think gsc is hard because gsc will strike first basically always yeah, and choose their targets. You cannot really hide. And you don't have like Overwatch threat. Yeah, you can you can defend yourself with a Nurgle strat, but, but not on everything. Not on, not on everything, uh, and uh, you don't have actually that man, any screening potential. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I see. But yeah, it, I think for singles, this army can be really good as well. Like I would be really interested to see how it would work in Necron Warriors, whether he actually has the raw power, or maybe in this list whether he needs to go for like a ten man warp talent squad, ten man undivided chosen squad to actually cross that threshold of killing that unit in one go. That's something that I'm very interested about. But as if you listen to, for example, I think normal blogs did an interview with Liam Hackett. You also need to execute the kill in one go very well because otherwise the Necron list will just heroically intervene into you with other shit and you will not have all the resources from that one melee unit. So I think melee killing Necron Warrior Blob is very unreliable. You need to have something that does it in shooting to be very comfortable with doing it. Actually, uh, Aliam also play tested that pairing of Gito and he managed to win this. Okay. And uh, yeah, also with Valentin, so it was like two, two times win for CSM. It's interesting. Okay. So, there, because Warrior Blobs are like, they need to usually play like tacticals. And the CSM list can block tacticals with MSU and stuff. Necrons cannot just split on the table, they usually go with just one block. Yeah, they cannot spread around because they will be exploited then. Yeah, and CSM got means to uh, be mobile and go around the table while using like four fins, uh, oblits, and stuff to, to, to destroy supporting stuff from Necrons. And then they need to spread pin, and if they spread pin, you can kill yeah. it. Yeah, if, if they spread pin, then you deploy your units and try to kill the blobs of warriors. That's that's basically how, how it looked. 
Okay, so having obviously you guys won, but you mentioned that the GSC wasn't really as good, like that it's like bottom four. Would you say that there is a better team composition for a five man now? Would you keep it? Would you change anything now that you've seen how it performs in pairings? I think that Necron, Saldari, the Angels, CSM are like top four picks right now after the tournament. I was thinking to include maybe to analyze maybe Tau. Uh, after the changes or tyrannies, I'm to be honest, I, I'm not uh, like familiar well and up to date with tyrannies codex, uh, so I need to do that to analyze it, analyze it properly. Uh, I have a, like a feeling that GSC got a problem with uh, like being a stable army right now. It's straight up, it's really good army, got amazing damage output. Uh, but uh, I just don't want to risk to risk a tournament game and round to relying on, on a couple of rolls. Uh, that's that's not my 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 playstyle maybe. And now to, um, to follow up a little bit on that, Nathan, you're going to Battle of Britain six months. There will be probably a lot of people, maybe not a lot of people listening to this one, but maybe a lot of people coming to the Winter Team Championship, which will be held in Croatia at the beginning of November. Uh, if you were to create a six-man team, what would be, say, the six army you would add to this composition? Would you look into Tau? Was there anything you guys consider that you chose, say, Dark Angels or PSM over it that you would include here? So I think that I think there actually is a good variety now where you could argue there's maybe eight-ish armies that are good. I guess it depends if you have a good special enough specialized player in those. Orcs are still quite good. Uh, they got some points changes. Knobs went down in points quite significantly, and they do hit pretty hard with strats and wag. Uh, Votan's absolutely phenomenal now, but I would caveat that with while it it's obnoxiously cheap and the damage output is crazy. I don't know how good it is on WTC terrain. Something like LGT, I can see Votan doing very, very well because you can scout and shoot stuff. But WTC, I think they might actually not be that great. Um, Nids still are kind of in a playtesting phase. I played a couple of games with, say, the Horde version, which has always been quite good for teams. And I can't figure out if the Swarm version or the high, the uh, Invasion fleet is actually better yet. I haven't actually decided which one I prefer. Um, but to add to this, uh, I actually think Chaos Knights have a pretty good place now. Uh, maybe not. They yeah, might but looking need into this composition, they look rough. Yeah, they don't like Eldar, Dark Angels, or CSM, right? So it suddenly like creates a problem in six months. Necrons is an interesting one because I played against the Necrons and I did win, but it was a bit Battleshock test reliant. It was a case of they got Battleshock, they couldn't... Um, I beat the Necron list with Tyranids as well, but again, it was if they fail Battleshock tests, so they can't uh, regen yeah. as often... Mm -hmm. It's difficult. Um, but yeah, I would I would argue, granted we're going to see a new codex soon, but Aldari, Necrons, Dark Angels. I would take that CSM list. It's very good. 
I'd maybe then chuck in Tyranids, and then for sixth option... There's Voltan Tau. Voltan Tau, Orcs are pretty good. Thousand Suns are kind of out. They just lost too much. Uh, Custodes are kind of the same, but they didn't really get better. They got worse, if anything. Um, no, I'm not actually sure what I would pick for a sixth. And uh, yourself, Myson? And a sixth army? Or a six man? Or no clue because you don't have data yet? I don't have data yet. I would, yeah, I would say I wouldn't really keep stating anything here. Uh, I agree with Voltan though. Uh, Voltan is like can really really work on open tables, uh, not on maybe not on WTC as you said, um, because you will always have a mean to hide in WTC tables, uh, and it significantly reduces output for Voltan. Uh, Renegade Knights are fine. I guess we discussed this also to have that. Uh, so, yeah, maybe one pick to, 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 to our five-man comp would be to add Renegade Knights as well. Okay. Could could be viable. Uh, like, Tau, Tau is good. Tau, Tau, Tau is good. Uh, Renegade Knights, like, one of those two. Okay. Then maybe let's go quickly over the remaining top three armor, top three teams. Yeah. Then we had a team that you might recognize one name, Nathan, and that's Caio Orellana. Yes. From... Yeah. That's a blast from the past for some of those listening. I think his last WTC slash ETC was 2016 or maybe 15. And that's a way. It's been a while. Uh, so yeah, he brought his friends over. And they finished in the second place. I think you guys played them. Yeah, we played them. And you guys won, obviously, as you won the event. They took Tau, which had Farsight, two Cold Stars, 10 Crudes, 5 Vespids, 3 times 4 Crude uh, Hounds, 2 times 6 Crisis, uh, 2 Ghost Kills, 3 Singular Piranhas, and 3 times 2 Tetras. I think this is like a very obvious list with going two big blobs of Crisis. I would argue that two big blobs are fine. Probably split them. Yeah, no, I prefer two three. times three, but and six. That's... Especially if you have three commanders, uh, but maybe he was playing Farsight solo. Uh, no, he played Coldstar solo. Oh, okay. Actually. okay. Uh, yeah, so pretty much standard towel list without going for breachers. Then we had their Eldari list, which was uh, the most. Uh, pre-data slate Eldaric list at the event, which is Autark, two Foot Sears, Illich Night Spear, two Wraith Knights, Night Spinner, times five Rangers, two times five Spiders, and a Viper. So two Wraith Knights with Fortune. Um, yeah, but I think it was a really bad list. Yeah. After the data slate, it just didn't work. Yeah, but uh, well, I guess it worked to some extent for them. Then we have the NIS list, and I would be interested in your take on this, Nathan. Can you run us through what, what it has and how it works? Because for one, I have no clue how Assimilation Swarm works. So Assimilation Swarm is the, it's all, it's the feeder version. So basically command phases, when you're controlling objectives, you're either replenishing D3 wounds with a strat, you can do it with like three wounds, 
you can do it with um, D3 infantry, or if it's like endless multitude, it's D3 plus three, or it's flat three, one of those. So it's kind of one of those, any objectives you're sat on, the pyrovores, rippers, psychophage, and the two horospexes basically just start healing stuff around them. So it's got some interesting tips tricks. I guess the main thing that he is doing, though, is because he's got three exocrines and the Steelers, I guess one of the strats they have is when you kill a feeder unit, uh, one CP, basically that unit that killed them is plus one to wound for the rest of the game for your whole army. So if you start basically suicide bombing in rippers and they die then whatever killed it you basically get plus one to wound so that makes things like exocrines even stronger uh but then you get the argument of would you take that over just having either lethal hits or or sustained hits all the time against those kind of things but there's some other nice little stress the only problem is this doesn't have like double filler pain like that kind of thing. So I'm guessing he's testing it. It's clever. It's like a very German list. They are testing interesting stuff. And I can definitely see where he's got some of the damage output. But yeah, it's just, I'd be interested to see what he thinks moving forward, how he would change that. Bit. And for those listening, there's a Broodlord, Death Leaper, Neurotyrant, two, two times 10 Thermagans, two times five Barb Gaunt, three Exocrines, 10 Steelers. Horospexes, two Neurolictors, Psychophage, two times three Pyrovores, two times one Reaper, and three Tyrant Guard, which can they join Neurotyrant? Yeah, Neurotyrant can join. Okay. Okay. Uh, so then we have Orcs that are very much character heavy, two Beast Bosses on foot, then Squeak Beast Boss, Mozrock Scragbat, Knob on Squeak. Pain boss, war boss, weird boy, four times ten snagas, twenty man boy squad, two trucks, ten grots, six squeak hog boys, and three times five storm boys, which is a list that I wouldn't expect to go this way. No, especially not as truck heavy as others. Yes, thirty-two points from assassination. Yeah, (laughs) a little bit. Like you just play assassin, and they need to push you with those characters. Yeah, because you spend way too much on yeah. So you just play homers and assassination. Then well, yeah. would... uh, I I don't like the list. I don't uh, I don't like this list. I think that the way to go, folks, is, is Mount still or something like that. Uh, this list is kind of like they don't have any defense for fitting. Yeah, you need very good board, provided they play it as a defender. Uh, and then we have another version of Liam Hackett's Necron list. Just this one doesn't have Nightbringer. It has three hex marks, essentially. And that's kind of it. That's the difference. So this is the team that got second place. And then we have the name that for anyone who knows Polish or feels like translated it, the Wielka Biała Polska which is means Great White Poland, which is very bad when you use actual translation, mm-hmm. is a name of a huge swine 
and I mean it, it's a, it's a breed of swine in Poland that's called this way. So right. it's not nationalistic. It's just a joke okay. about. I'm glad just you a small that. disclaimer. This is just a joke about how weird Polish names of wine are. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and that team has more familiar names for some of you, which is uh, Arek. He was two times on the as a mercenary on WTCs with his towel and he went a little bit different on his take because he has Anva, two Fireblades, two Cold Sars, two times 10 Breachers, five Vespids, two times two Broadsides, six and three Man Crisis Suits, one Piranha, two times two Tetras, and two Devil Fishes. So Devil Fishes with Breachers, I like this version of Tau more. The more I looked into Tau, I think this solves a little bit of the problems that Tau had with some reach and spending cheaper units instead of just sending crises into something that you don't want to send crises into. Well, yeah, uh, pretty straightforward towel list. Then we have another NIS list. So maybe you want to go through this one, Nathan, as well. Yeah, so we've got Death Leaper, Flood Tyrant, two units of 10 Gargs, Firevore, three Exocrines, a Neurolictor, two non emissaries, six Ravners. And one Tyrant effects, and it is Invasion Fleet. So, yeah, Death Leaper is going to be pretty common now these days. At 70 points, he's fantastic. Foot Tyrant is Foot Tyrant. Gargoyle is great scoring and screening. You can only take the one Bible now. Uh, it's basically two pointless. Um, Exocrine is still great as always. Neurolictors are absolutely fantastic. Interestingly, two non MSRs. Um, I've been playing around with one. But I could definitely see in some team lists with WTC Terrain how a couple of them for pushing primary, even if it takes you, if one goes top left, you have loan off on your home objective or that left objective. You could push two norms to the center and go, well, if I get on there, I've got 30 OC with both of them and they've both got fellow pains. That middle's mine. Um, Ravners are a good put in now, I think with the units that people are starting to take. Uh, I'm surprised he still took one Tyranifex. I kind of felt that with a 45-point increase and basically losing their best ability for a really subpar ability kind of killed them for me, and that's why I kind of felt like Nids were maybe a little bit weaker than the, say, um, Naden's list. But, yeah, Nids are still in that testing phase, but... Be interesting to see how we did with it. Not mm. quite good because I kept third, I guess. Yeah. And then we have Zozo, the previous national team member as well, uh, with Outarch, Bike Seer, Spirit Seer, Incarn, two Hornets, Night Spinner, five Hawks, Viper, three Singular Warwalkers, five Warp Spiders, and then Raveguard with Rave Gallons. So just a regular MSU Eldar build with a lot of vehicles. Yeah. Nothing to write home about. Then we have another take on the DM Hackett's list with 2 times 20 Warrior Blobs. Nothing special. Again. And then we have Scar taking Dark Angels and going slightly different because where, where Arne went for those Hellblasters, Skarik basically went for second Redimer 
he dropped those how do you call them inceptors and got two times eradicators which i think are still still bad and put in two whirlwinds into the list by dropping the some of the chaff which i don't like i think this army needs more chaff and second redeemer doesn't justify it the same as with whirlwinds yeah. I, I think that the one the redeemer is fine because you can overwatch with them and it's double turn on and AOC it if you, you know, need it. Yeah, and if you get two, it just doesn't feel like right because you can always like there yeah. are big models. Uh, majority of WTC tables just um, allow you to just go in one oh, way. Yeah. So there's just one way out of the OTC. And with two redeemers, it will be really, really hard to maneuver the table. And on the other hand, the opponent can just like Push a target, so place a crucial unit that kills Land Rider, sees both of them, and start shooting from something else. Bait uh, or for force to use AOC on one, kill another. I, I don't like this list, to be honest. It's uh, I think it's suboptimal, uh, far from something that, that, that I would pick. Also, uh, missing inceptors. Like, yeah. I think it's uh, like a big mistake. Yeah. Anything to add about this team, Nathan? Anything stands out? I guess, uh, say, looking at the initial reactions for what people are taking to say LGT for singles, I know the terrain's different, so maybe that is the key thing. It still seems like the Eldar are still taking the 10 man Brick of Wraith Guard, whereas I guess we're still seeing from our side a lot more. Of the MSU heavy Eldar versions uh, rather than the Wraith Guard. But I guess for the holding primary and for WTC terrain, I can actually maybe see the Wraith Guard being a better option. To, to be honest, I just, just yesterday, uh, two days ago, actually, just after the tournament, I, I play tested the Wraith Guard unit as well. I, I don't like it. Uh, I much prefer uh, the version with Harlequins, uh, Harlequin support uh, right now. It works like it's more fitting my playstyle, but it's just my personal opinion on that. I think this is kind of matchup dependent. I think Raidguards, if you expect more Static armies like Chaos Knights or maybe running monster heavy lists or say the, all those vehicle spams. That we might see a lot of transport spawns. Raveguard will just handle that. Whereas sure. if you go into more MSU approach, you might like Harlequins are not as good in that as Raveguard are. So I think this is kind of depending on the place they are. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, sure. and also one thing to mention: whenever we talk about those armies, those armies are meant for a twentyo system, differential system instead of going for the small wins in win roll lose format. And when you're playing that small wins win roll lose format, you might go for heavier MSU, play fixed, go for like engage and homers, decide that, or maybe you will be slightly better at tactical and stuff like that. And you, because you tend to focus in singles on getting your score high rather than dropping your opponent's score low. That's how I usually perceive the games that I just watch. So this is also something that we might see when we are looking into those lists or maybe other teams' lists compared to what would be played at LGT in those two one and a half weeks at this point. For sure. So I 
for me, the takeaways from the event itself is like we we're still very early in the meta. So nothing really stood out to me, like surprised me. I think that when you looked at the stats of the event, I think we had only what two votes at the event, even though that army I think needs way more love than two armies out of 45 teams. Like that just feels wrong. So I think LGT will give us a better understanding of how the top armies perform when we even at like a invitational already or when we go to the main event we'll see way more clashes of the top players and we'll get way better understanding of the state of the meta and i think meta will be kind of settled after lgt yeah, yeah i would have thought so yeah at least maybe not for teams yeah yeah for singles yeah for teams like we only a couple more weeks to to, to analyze the data that we, that we have yeah, but I still feel like teams, there's way more armies that now you can consider with an even a five-man team Yeah, that, compared that, to pre-slate. Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, uh, I think I'm I'm happy with this slide. That's the conclusion. After, after the for event... teams, I think they are really... For singles, I think the Eldar are still too good. But for teams, I think you can easily now play most armies you can make an argument for, which is good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so maybe let's go into some of the show questions for those listening. If you're our patron and you get onto our Discord, you can ask questions for the each week uh, for the each show or maybe even suggest us topics that you might want us to touch upon. And we've got a few questions. One of them is directly, I don't think you answered this one, Nathan, as well, so... Let's go through this one first. There's a weird, I don't really remember where it comes from, but a topic that just is brought to every guest, and that is, what's your favorite way to have eggs? Nathan. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> uh, Thai-style fried eggs. Yeah, just scrambled uh, eggs. Thai-style. I, I like the Thai-style idea, yeah. Fair. Yeah, okay, like now on the bottom. Okay, Preston, we you can stop asking the questions <laughs> for our guests. Thanks. Uh, and then moving forward, uh, what did you feel was your most difficult pairing matchup? What did you feel was the list or faction you were least prepared for? My uh, I think yeah, for uh maybe difficult pairing matrix we had against uh, our team less one of the less experienced team teams from from Bialystok. Uh, they're like uh, kind of new players in the, in the competitive scene uh, but our table was like the worst because of one faction that we were least prepared for and this is like a, a no line of shooting card basically because our estimation against cards uh, was like a small loose on, on like three on of our list. Yeah, you didn't feel comfortable into that as much. No, no, not not with not with the truck, because I could have a truck uh, that's basically yeah, but it, that turn one. Um, yeah, Arne didn't really like it. Yeah, Liam never. Yes, I'm never, never. want to play. Parking lot. Uh, Duda is like 
it got worse because he doesn't have Wraith Knight. Yeah, and right now you can just kill uh, a lot of stuff from others and focus in on Inker, for example. Yeah. Uh, so the only army that could actually play that uh, is Legron. Interesting. So yeah, so that that's a pick. That uh, the the list that could really so maybe the out. sixth pick of an army would be actually guard still. Yeah, they got maybe. hit with points, but if the matrix is still yeah, maybe good. it will not win twenties now. Maybe it will win fifteens, yeah. but it into good matchups, but still. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It needs to be playtested basically because we um, we assume that that the worst case scenario here pairings as we always do, uh, but it's at least worth considering. Maybe not that so like obnoxious spam of no line of shooting because like courage has got way way too uh, yeah too, too expensive. Uh, but still, you can use Manticore's Puzzlesk and, and stuff. Okay. Then, before we get into chat questions, we have one of the guys on the Star Trek Discord that actually attended the event. Uh, so Donatas, uh, he was playing in the Lithuanian team. And he said that they played their first event representing their country, got fifteen spot. The obvious thing they've noticed immediately is that for 5v5, only the actual first pairing matters. And once you have to send your second defender, it seems very RNG because the remaining two dudes will automatically become attackers. And he says that he feels like the super favors taking only the top five meta armies that can be easily countered. And the weird gimmick armies seem to suffer here. Uh, what's your take on it, Nathan? You first. Yeah, I do somewhat agree. Like five with an odd number and the way it kind of works. Yeah, you can, as long as you don't take any in your five that have any awful matchups against the other top meta, it does become a little bit, there's no reason not to take top five, realistically. It it doesn't favor or support taking super interesting choices. Unless you find something like, say, Liam's list, which most other teams probably didn't take, but he saw it as being one of those top meta lists. So there's creativity if you're making one of the best lists. I think, if anything, you can go for like a less represented army as a defender. Or you can make like a spam spam army a defender, maybe something like that. Uh, Maybe try getting the... Mm -hmm. Orgs or armies that wouldn't be classified as top five into a defender spot, but awesome. I think this is like where you can try. Or because usually when you try to find a counter army, I think in fives getting a counter army, cool, it can happen, but it's harder to execute because they will just try to dodge it. And unless you have more counters, it will be hard to uh, like. If you have three counters for a given army, that army will always play one of those free armies. That's how it works. Same for WTC. If you have five armies in the eight main team, always the army you counter will play one of those five armies. That's how the pairings unfold. Well, yeah. I also agree with it. Maybe you have something to add, Myson? Yeah, I mean, the 5v5 is like you have like two pairings to avoid. And you sometimes more like put a defender to avoid one specific pairing for that. 
uh, just to avoid the counter. Uh, for I also tend to like for five v five to find uh, all rounders uh, for for team composition um, because like you said you we, we just can't afford to to lose a matchup uh, to have a no game on a, a single table in five months the you you can come back from it yeah and uh, sometimes sometimes it like it's worth to like consider like. Mm, Reversing the pairing methodology just to find this, like I mentioned before, to find to hunt for good pairings uh, for best armies. But sometimes it depends depends on the table, on estimation table. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think for those who didn't uh, see it, we have one episode with pairings from ITT where Pumba is they dissecting his pairing against Mitch, was playing in one of the teams, and Mitch really well describes how he was only trying to avoid the very bad matchups, and that was his whole pairing strategy for that, and how it nearly worked. And I think this one will be really good if you want to look it over, it's on YouTube, and uh, you might want to see how it can be done if you are wondering how to do it, because that one was a very well-presented trail of thought. Uh, and then we've got one super chat. So uh, when picking attacker, defender, or take all list, do you start with the best factions more often or what faction other teams will be bringing? So what I get is, do you first look at what are the best factions or what the opposition that you fear might be bringing? Uh, my son? I'm trying to, to, to also understand the question here. So when, yeah. when you're choosing your team composition, are you going for something that you know will be very good in the team? Or are you considering at the very beginning what the top competition will be bringing as a composition? So you know that a team in Poland would have Arek, Zozo, and Skark. So you knew Zozo was playing Eldar, Arek was playing Tau. Skark will probably bring, bring Guard. Do you consider that? Or do you go for the general population? I maybe first thing uh, first I analyze the general like top factions best factions I arrange it like into a table of like eight picks eight potential picks what we can actually bring also considering models and players we have then we try I try to analyze what the potential opponents can be and what they can bring bring like the top teams example sample compositions. And when I do have some choice in uh, picking armies, I try to avoid uh, the situation that I will have like a really bad estimation table against a, a foreseen uh, composition of, of the opponent. So I, I think the it's not that something is more often uh, considered. I analyze both. You just start with the meta and yeah. then eliminate armies based on what you yeah. expect someone to bring. Yeah. Nathan, uh, anything to add? Yeah, I guess, like we said earlier with the previous question, in a five-man team, you're usually a lot safer to take the five top best armies rather than maybe thinking what the, the top five are and then trying to figure counters to beat that particular top five, I guess is part of the question he's asking as well. So if you... Yeah. If you think another team is going to take the five best armies, do you then try and change your five 
to try and have specific counters to those. I think you're running too much of a risk in five-man teams. Eight, it works, but, well, eight gives you a lot more leeway anyway. But in five, I don't think so. Because like you say, if you go into any matchup with us, like if you're getting two or three points, like so for example, I guess you guys, two of your players went 20 in every round. So two of your players came back with 40 every game. So you know the left, the other three of you have to get like some four. Oh, sorry, it wasn't win-loss, was it? it was so it was 25 yeah, from the remaining sure. two boards to get the cap. Points cap at 65. Yeah. So, to also add to that, if you didn't see it, I've written an article that's available on the StatCheck website, and that goes into a very thorough process of how we build the team for Alpine Cup. I think that one applies to any five or six or seven, eight-man event you would go to, and it shows you like a few steps, and it guides you how you should do it. And I think if you are considering that, and you are a newer team or anything, just read that article and try to apply it. I think it is a straightforward way to try and do it. Um, then I've got uh, a question that how did we all get into team play? And I think this is we just played singles, then we got into a team once we played the team event, and then we decided to not play singles anymore. And then we have any advice for a fledgling team? So I would follow it up on the article I just mentioned. And just, if you are a new player, just try to play more teams. Like this is very straightforward, but maybe you have anything to add to that? No, I don't think so. Play more teams. Or play TTS teams because there is usually events happening. Even if you don't like, like Tactical Third was and his FAQ for his events, he's organizing team events. You probably, if you just try and stick around, people will play more team events, try to organize it and just do it. It's like with everything in life, you need more repetitions to get better at it. So, uh, and now last question from the Discord. And this is, what are the top five armies right now for you after the data slip? Nathan, you first. Teams or singles? I guess we are teams podcast, so yeah. let's go teams. Uh, Necrons, Dark Angels for the moment, um, Aldari. Two more. CSM, Tyranids, probably. Okay. Yeah, I would agree with that, I guess. I'm not sure about Tyranids because I said. Uh, I feel that I feel that strong codex, uh, but uh, and I what I would consider as this fifth pot is still like uh, Tau GC maybe maybe because uh, I like orcs a lot. Orcs, I really like orcs. I think um, I think for teams they are really good as a defender right now. With no rage right. in the game, no desolation marines. Yeah. So. Maybe I, I'm just uh, orcs is, is one of the armies I uh, I would probably never play. So yeah, I, I think I think UKTC you don't want to play orcs though. So Absolutely. so if you're thinking about LGT now on those boards, please do not hurt yourself this way. Bring guns. Uh, and then we have 
few small questions from the chat. Well, we've got plenty of questions today. We just need to get someone who's good at the game, not us, and suddenly people will start asking stuff. Uh, so contact loss, so I assume it's tweak at this point. Uh, I have to ask this. What can be done to have even more players from abroad come to Poland? Do the Orga focus on the aspect enough? Is there intention to make it more international? And I think this is a very targeted question because Mycin is organizing those international events. So. <laughs> yeah, so basically, uh, uh, this year we started to like organize also international events. We started from uh, Pura Cup Nations, which was like our 8v8 training camp uh, just before WTC. We invited Belgium, Denmark, Netherlands, uh, Scotland teams uh, to the event and it occurred to be really fun and really like uh, eye-opening eye-opening because it was like first experience with AP8 pairings uh, for us um, and they, we showed our guests our hospi hospitality um, I, I think Liam VSL might still have scars <laughs> maybe but he decided to kind of he, he... <laughs> He accepted it, my it invitation. Was, it was his choice to lay in those rose bushes. Okay? <laughs> so. Oh, there's a story, a lot of stories <laughs> behind it. Yeah, but I think we wanna. We are when you think about countries where you can go for a team event, we're a quite cheap country with quite cheap flights. Or yeah, and the stay is not that expensive as well. So if you wanna go over for a team tournament here, I think. When the guys came over, it turned out that they paid like twice less than what they would pay in for going for a UKTC event. Ah, yeah. So yeah. including flights and stuff. Yeah. So uh, yeah. and we'll be doing just more of this uh really soon. Yeah, there is one in a month. Uh there's there will be one uh in, in month, February. Uh that already German German and Belgium teams uh and Netherlands, and Netherlands. Uh, in, I mean, in October and oh. in February, uh, we'll have uh, also HP8 e event uh, in Poland with team like taking WTC teams. So we'll... yeah. everything held in one hotel. So we are staying in one hotel, playing in one hotel. Everyone just joining together. So that's quite a nice vibe. If you ask I me. will let the rest of the team England know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that'll be a good one. Because I know. We've, I've been to PTC twice, and it's one of the best team events. Granted, that was nine years ago, but like, yeah, it was a really, really good event, and it was definitely something. You guys won it in 2012. Yes, yeah, I've got first and second. Although the second place trophy was uh, like piping, like outdoor plumbing piping, full of concrete with a, a, a bull grin on the top of it, spray painted silver. I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, when, you're, when you're trying to fly home and you've got a weight limit and you just got a two kilogram piece of concrete that you've now got to take home, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't good. But yeah. And then we've got the last question. I think it applies to you both because you both played lately. Did the game feel different to playing pre-data slate, Nathan? Uh, I haven't been to an event yet, but. Yes, like especially when you start playing on WTC boards and you just don't have to worry about towering now because Imperial Knights are basically dead. They're awful now. Wraith Knights are dead. So at least 
even if you might still lose to something like Eldar or the armies that are really strong, with the terrain, you actually you feel like you can get points now. So in certain games, you can feel like you can at least hide for seven. And it feels a lot it's more... It's not like a no game. Yes, like yeah, I don't think there's going to be no... Granted, if you can't do anything to Necrons, you're just going to spend two hours of just cool, I got no primary, cool, he scored some secondaries. Yay. Yeah, I, have my, yeah. my, I have my funny story uh, against my game against Necrons this, uh, this event. I actually made my first shooting attack in turn number three. <laughs> just uh, just killing uh, or dropping all my bobs into a reanimator because I draw, drew or bring it down or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just I just make some shooting attack into Nightbringer and never never again shot this Necron <laughs> <Nightfall> warriors <laughs> because <laughs> what's the reason for? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's not, unless you can uh, deal with them. Yeah, that, uh, okay, short of topic. <laughs> uh, for me, the game, like, uh, it's, just, it's the same old game, like, regarding the abstraction and mechanics. Uh, I mean, uh, always metagame changes after the test slide, so, but this time it changed for good. Uh, that's, that's my opinion. Otherwise, like, no games no, in the metagame that, that, because, for example, for from our estimation tables, there were like no high, really high wins or really high losses. Just the small losses. Majority was like well, draw. Uh, and then you got the guys like hundred. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it depends, of course. It's always like. Yeah, but I think that it feels way more open. Yes. Granted, I haven't played a single game before since WTC, but I can pretend to know my shit. So, you know... The, the, the very... game's the same, just the army's mm. slightly different. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the end of the questions. Uh, it was still a lengthy one, so uh, thank you very much, Bison, for joining in. Uh, I will not do the plugs again, because I will leave that to Ines on the main show, but <laughs> if you are interested in getting better at teams, there's the article can see the previous pairing videos, or maybe you want to watch the special of Poland versus USA pairing video. That one can be also interesting for you. So yeah, thanks, Myson, for joining in on in this very scuffed setup. <laughs> it was a pleasure. As always, Nathan. Yeah. As always. And, uh, thanks, Nathan. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. And see you in the next see one. You. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.